Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Good evening, Good evening, TC, and welcome all to part 75 of our weekly podcast, the Curran View, then and now, with the Idol of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran, and supporting the Jeff Astle Foundation. How's things, TC? What kind of a Wednesday week have you had this week? Well, steady away. I've been a bit ill today, but I'm, obviously I'm a lot, a lot better. It started last night. I keep getting these bloody dizzy doos. Oh, dear. Yeah, you know, like um, vertigo. Yeah. Anyway, it came on again last night, and then I've been in bed practically on and off all day. But I feel better again tonight, you know. So, other than that, not bad. The results with Wednesday not particularly good, so a bit uh, disappointing for me at the moment in time. But, I mean, it's only football at the end of the day. It's not going to kill me alive, but um, everything seems to be getting nearly. Oh, there's been a bit, bit of light at the end of the tunnel, so I'm looking forward to everything opening back up again soon. Absolutely, TC. We're going to talk about your appearance on the Wednesday week shortly. But first, as always, we start with the magic moments. And what have you sourced for us this week, TC? I'm going to take Harry Kane's second goal. The uh, goal. The other, uh, the, uh, was it Sunday, weren't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sunday. Um, I, like to, I like to see Tottenham goal to end the season now with these four in the team. I mean, yeah. when you look at Mora, He's chasing back, winning go- uh, winning balls, uh, and he's a Brazilian. We, you know, you don't really get a lot of that from from the Brazilians because his technique's always you can, it's always been there to see. You know, I mean, you score you score a natric in the semi final of a of a Champions League, um, and then you're in and out of team. There's something not right. Well, for me, when I said there's something not right, you know, Mourinho is a typical English type of coach where. Uh, he thinks more of not losing than than than, um, than going out to try and win the game. But when I look at everything, uh, that is a forward line to be reckoned with against anybody throughout the world. You know, Kane, uh, Son, uh, Mora, and um, Bale. And the only way you're going to get Bale to is by playing him. You know, no good blaming Real Madrid. No good blaming anybody else. No good blaming Bale. You've got to play him. And if you're playing, you're going to get the best out of him. And that's uh, that's what's happening at the moment in time with Tottenham. I think he scored six goals in about four games. Yeah, he has. I mean, and he, he looks the part as well. He looks absolutely... He looks like a fine-tuned... I know we don't I, like I, using I the word athlete, but, but he's a footballer who I'm is gonna... athletic, isn't he, Gareth Bale? When, 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 when I say... When you were saying that, you know, he's looking the part, I mean, we all know he is the part. Yeah. But getting games under him and he's, he's getting back to his best. Yep. You know, and that's, you know, that's that's the major thing, him getting back to his best. And in anybody's team, even at 31, in anybody's team, and that includes, you know, uh, Bayern Munich, uh, Paris Saint-Germain, Real Madrid, uh, whoever they, you know, he's a top, top player. You know, you look at the goal they scored in the Champions League. It's not just that Champions League final. It's, it's his all-round technique. Uh, I'm not into this athletic type. He is uh, mm. a natural footballer. Yeah. What's got pace? Absolutely. You know, he's a natural footballer. Got pace. You can't call him athletes. He wouldn't. He wouldn't finish in the top six at sprinting at uh, in, a, in uh, an athletic championship because 
too quick for him. I tell you what he would do. I think if you, I mean, he is a, a natural footballer. You're absolutely right. But he is very athletic. I think he would be a brilliant 200 or 400 metres runner person. But he looks match sharp now. I he think, looks match fit. He looks he looks a million dollars. I think he's a brilliant and natural footballer. Mm. And I wish he'd have been English. But having said that, we wouldn't have played him. So he wouldn't have been English. <laughs> We we probably wouldn't. That Harry Kane goal, how how difficult was it? I watch so many games of football because all the games of football are on the TV at the moment. What annoys me with with forward players is they have to take a touch. The ball was a perfect ball to Harry Kane, and he's just hit it first time. That's what confident forwards do, and Kane is up there with the best in the world. And thank God he's English. The first thing you said. Players have to take your touch. Mm. If the ball's a perfect ball, you don't have to take your touch. I know, it drives not, me mad. I'm not saying that some don't, they yeah. do. But the really top players mm. know when to hit it first time. Or Absolutely. they know it's a perfect ball. Yeah, yeah. Go back, watch it, watch everything. I keep telling John, I tell John when I'm watching it, look at the body shape. Yeah. If you look at your shoulder after you've played the ball, if you stop, if you're in, in, in a training session or even in a game, you stop and have a look where your shoulder's facing, that's where the ball will go, right? When you look at him, I'm sat right in the middle of the television looking down uh, the room and his body shape was perfect yeah. where he's whipped it. You can see what he was going to do, bump, and that is my magic moment. And when you hit it like that, TC, it's almost unstoppable. Stoppable. Probably, probably yeah. two goalkeepers wouldn't have saved that. Pace, uh, the accuracy, the bend, everything about it, the weight of the pass to him, absolutely sublime. And the, again, there's been there is plenty of you can pick all sorts of passes and everything, you know. But that takes it takes some doing. And when you when it comes off. It, it looks spectacular, and it is spectacular. Absolutely. Got to give her a special mention. My magic moment, again, was Harry Kane's goal. Um, so that's snap. Uh, in, in number two, I, I usually pick three, was Daryl Dyke's goal for Barnsley against Birmingham. He's currently on loan from Orlando City. He's only yeah. 20 years of age. I've not seen much of him, but I tell you what, didn't he hit that ball? I've seen Barnsley now two or three times. Yep. The more you see him, mm. or the more you watch him, the more impressed I am with him. Yep. And, you know, I've always said, if you get the right manager, that will give the right confidence to the to the team, mm. to the players. You know, and you're watching Barnsley, they're playing with some absolutely sublime uh, football. And, and it's a joy to watch. It's you a... know, I mean, it hurts me to see Barnsley doing as well as they are compared to Sheffield Wednesday, but it mm. doesn't hurt me to see Barnsley doing well because, you know, they're a Yorkshire team and even though I'm a mad Sheffield Wednesday fan, I still like to see Yorkshire teams do well. Absolutely. And Lewandowski's hat-trick against Borussia Dortmund, I'm guessing they're thinking, why did we ever sell him? Because whenever he plays against us, he pays us back with interest. He, <laughs> he loves to score against his former club. Lots of players do, but he absolutely extracts the urine, doesn't he, Lewandowski? Well, he came back, Ireland scores two goals. Yeah. And then the, and Daddy Hummel comes and says, Right, you've had your you've had your uh, moment of glory. I'm going to show you what it's all about. I mean, his time is going to come and it is coming, is, is Ireland. But that Lewandowski is some striker. I think he's the best on the planet at the moment. I do like Kane as a, you know, as a centre forward, I must admit. But you're right. Mm. You know, if I had to pick between the two, it would be him, but only just. Yeah. There's, I think there's the three of them. I think Kane is up there, same levels. Ireland's the same levels. But that Lewandowski just seems to have something that no other player has got. And his, his goal ratio is phenomenal. It's up there with the very, very best in world football. And he's consistently done it as well because he's towards the end of his career while the other boys are towards the beginning, beginning. certainly in Haaland but like you Lewandowski see, has been just different class it, it would be interesting to see if Guardiola does make a bid for um, Haaland yeah. because I listen to all pundits and what have you and they're all all these experts what, what's gone into football and um, not uh, gone into TV and not gone into to, to management Turning round and saying that um, 
Guardiola needs to buy um, Ireland. Now, me and you think Ireland's a great player. Yep. But I tell you what, I'd sooner have Guardiola than Ireland because Guardiola. Who? Guardiola. Guardiola. He doesn't. Yeah. If I if I want anybody, but any player in my life, I want a Guardiola. You mean Aguero? No, a Guardiola. I want the manager. But okay. The yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because he's the one what will put a team together. Oh, yeah. What will produce everything what you need to produce. Mm-hmm. And what he does, he does not need a centre-forward. Right? Yeah. When, when I say he doesn't need a centre-forward, he doesn't need a centre-forward like, in brackets, the majority of English coaches, we want a big centre-forward. He doesn't need that. He needs footballers what can play. And get people pull people out of position because he knows what's going to happen. They're going to fill the penalty box. Teams throw the ball into the box, and what do they do? They just either read it clear, or they kick it clear. Mm. That man has got a football brain beyond anybody else's. And you give me Guardiola before any footballer because it's one player does help a team. But I tell you what, there's a lot of managers spent a lot of big money and failed. Absolutely, this guy spends big money. And wins, and they all go in and about not winning the Champions League with Manchester City and Bayern Munich. He's won it two or three, maybe four times, I think he's won it, or two or three times. Mm. You know, uh, they can't always win it because in that in that competition, you haven't just got Liverpool and, and uh, Man United in it. You've got the big teams in throughout Europe: Bayern Munich, you know, Juventus, uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona. You know, so you need a little bit of luck. And maybe a couple of decisions won't go your way with a linesman or a referee at the Champions League level. But anybody tells me that Guardiola has been a failure in England England, because he hasn't won a a Champions League. What they know about football, Paul Hurst at Grimsby and um, the other kid who got sacked, Ian Holloway, know more about football than them. Because I tell you what, at some point, whether it's with Manchester City, it wouldn't need the Champions League again. I wish it was the England manager because with the players we've got, we would win this World Cup with these group of players we've got. Absolutely. Hey, hey. Let's give a shout out for our socials, TC. Uh, on Twitter, you can follow us at Current View. On Facebook, The Current View. And on Instagram, The Current View too. I've been posting one or two things on our socials today. Um, boots, TC. What kind of boots did you wear when you was playing? There is a reason for this question. And I'm going to give it you after. I'll tell you what I, I, I liked. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But it, it never bothered me, uh, Gabby. What uh, boots? I, I got paid by three, uh, two or three, uh, three people, three companies. Patrick, I'd wear them one week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Adidas another week. And Puma, you know, you know, you're supposed to do it. Uh, but what I used to do, uh, my brother David, uh, he said to me, "Have you got any new boots?" And I give him, so you get two or three boots sent to you. And I give him three pair. I get two or three from Mike and uh, Nike, I should say Mike, from Nike and two or three, uh, not Nike, uh, Adidas and Patrick. And then he'd be saying, uh, have you any more boots? So I give him six pair of boots and I keep my old ones. And I said to him, what do you do with all these boots? He said, I'm giving to lads. You know, but all lads used to go for, you know, um, what was the copper, copper, what are the... Uh, Adidas, Copper, they used to go for them. You know, some of the lads would be going mad over them. Puma Kings. Um, Pat, uh, the Patrick boots, a lot, a lot of them didn't like. Uh, I think they were, were, they were quite thin-fitting, wasn't they, Patrick? Frank Worthington, Worthington used to wear them, and Keegan was the poster boy, wasn't he, for Patrick yeah. boots? Yeah. Um, so, if I... If I, if I Said, oh, I really like them, which were Puma, because it, it was a style of them more than anything else. I would love to be able to play in these boots, what they wear today. People go on about them, you know. I think that it's when you've got a, when you've got a pair of uh, gloves that fit your hand perfect, you can use your fingers perfect, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. You get a big, you know, um, and they were they were hard wearing, even though they'd improved in my day. They were still hard wearing. These are so. Glove fitting to your feet, it's untrue. And they, got, they so, have microwaves to warm the boots up as well for players these days, don't they? I th- what I will say about them, they've done dash things today's football boots. I mean, some people have smelly feet, they can't help that. But what I'm what I'm saying is, all those boots seem 
when I've gone into uh, just uh, into uh, ball rooms and I've been to some ball rooms, uh, modern day ball rooms, the boots absolutely stink because I, what material it is, I'm not I'm not quite sure, but um, I would love to be able to play. I would love to to have those type of boots and what they're wearing today. Well, there is a competition that, I, and I've posted it up on uh, our socials uh, today. There's a young lady, Ella. She's her team is SJB Juniors FC. Now, while the kids haven't been able to play football, they've they've been doing a lot of things. Zoom, not just this football club, but all the kids' football club, yeah. keeping the kids interested by doing Zoom sessions, etc., etc. Well, this team have decided to um, to get a football boot and design the football boot. So there's a number of kids that have put their designs of football boots and little Ella has put hers on. So if you go onto our socials or on my Gabby Cabby, you'll see on my Gabby Cabby, it's her boot, it's Ella's boot, it's my profile picture for the next 24 hours. And um, they're called SJB Juniors because sadly, um, a young man, Stephen John Bancroft, suddenly passed away in 2013. And uh, the club obviously is a, a, a constant memorial to uh, to this young man. So uh, rest in peace, young man. Good luck. Sorry, go, go on, yeah, and Sorry, good go. luck to young Ella and the rest of the kids in SJB Juniors. And when you go on there, just click onto the image of your favourite boot. Make sure it's the one with the pink buttons and it's got EC on because that's where I'm putting my vote for, little Ella. And, uh, and good luck to all the kids that are playing football. And I know that now coming out of lockdown, the Sunday leagues and the school football teams are going to be starting up again. And kids, when you get on that football pitch, try and produce some magic moments. Yes, brilliant. And go and enjoy yourselves. Play with a smile. Don't worry what uh, the coaches are saying to you. And I'm not saying don't listen to the coaches, but don't worry. Go and express yourselves. Absolutely, TC. Alan Hudson always says, Paul, players don't play with smiles on their faces these days. You don't see players laughing. You see a load of miserable football players playing. <laughs> so yeah, express yourself. Do you know on that? I know when I play. I mean, if you play with a smile on your face, yep. people think that you're, not, uh, you, you're mentally not... Uh, mine's not on it. It's a load of rubbish. Absolutely. Go and enjoy it. If you play with it, if you play with a stern face, play with a stern face. If you play with a smiley, play with a smiley. Go around nearly all the football clubs, listen to all the English coaches, and this is gospel truth. Listen to all the English coaches, then listen to the foreign coaches. The English coach, what you're wearing gloves for, what you're wearing those blue boots for, coloured boots. You you wear you got to wear black here. And I think to myself, look, if that kid's happy. If you're happy in life, good. But if something's going to stop you doing something, as long as you're not causing trouble, what does wearing a pair of gloves do to you? If he wants to wear them, don't bother me, somebody wearing a pair of gloves. Absolutely. It does not bother me somebody wearing pink boots. Good. You've got to be brave to wear it because in general, in dressing rooms, lads will take the mic off. But the English coaches, absolutely. It's pathetic what, how they're going about things. They're wearing gloves. What difference does it make if he wants to wear a pair of gloves? <clears throat> we were meant to wear short sleeves. I hated it. It was freezing. But once you got running about, you soon forgot it. Yeah. So, if you want to play with a long sleeve shirt, wear one. If you want to wear with, you know, but the English have got this mentality about if you're not wearing a short sleeve shirt and, you're not, uh, and you haven't got gloves on, uh, if you've got gloves on, you're not going to fight for the ball. What a load of cogs wallop there is. Absolutely, TC. And happy birthday, happy 80th birthday to an absolute legend of the game, Mr Andy Lockhead, the only player from Burnley Football Club to score five goals in a game twice. Yes. Uh, I remember going down uh, with some Barnsley fans when, when I was a kid to watch Barnsley in the FA Cup. They drew up at uh, Oakwell. Uh, and they lost at um, Filbert Street. And Andy Lockett were playing yeah. uh, for Leicester then. 
But yeah. he played with Burnley, obviously. But I think Burnley was his first club. Burnley, Burnley was his first club. He made his debut in 1960. He moved over then to... Uh, to he certainly played for Leicester. Alan Clark was telling me all about uh, Andy Lockhead and what a great strike partner he was for young Sniffer Clark. Before they both went their separate ways after the FA Cup final, Andy went to uh, to Aston Villa and uh, Sniffer went to Leeds United and both had wonderful careers. And Andy Lockhead... Enjoy your 80th, sir. You're an absolute legend of the game. And yesterday would have been the 65th birthday of another legend, Laurie Cunningham. Yes, well, it's mine too. 65, and I'm 66 this time. It just shows you how time flies. Did you? What a great player, what a great player he was. Did you play against I know, Laurie? I think, I think I did. I think when he was at West Brom. Mm. Um I know he played his first club were all, you know. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, so I can't remember playing against him when I was at Doncaster. And I'm not saying I didn't, you know. Uh, but I think I played against him when, I was at, when he was at West Brom. I'm not going to say for definite I did, but I think I did. I think I did. Well, or well, if I, I didn't, they sold, they sold that uh, Scottish winger who played at West Brom. Willie Johnson. Willie Johnson. Uh they sold him to Real Madrid and they bought him. I'm, I'm not quite sure. It's a guess. I would say yes, but I, I could be wrong. What a brilliant player. football player. Ron Atkinson used to say that Laurie could run in snow and he wouldn't leave any prints. Laurie was that good. And it does lead us to Book Corner in association with myfootballbooks.com because in Book Corner this week, uh, my choice is Different Class, the story of Laurie Cunningham, forward by Ian Wright and written by Dermot Kavanagh. Uh, it's a when well, it was shortlisted um, for the Biography of the Year and at the 2018 Sports Book Awards. Again, TC, I haven't read it. We give a plug to these books. One of these days, I will get round to reading them. And it says, when Laurie Cunningham played in an under-21s match uh, against Scotland in 1977, he became the first black player to represent England professionally. Two years later, we'd become the first Englishman to play for Real Madrid in a time when racist chants flew from the stands. Cunningham's success challenged how black players were perceived, paving the way for future generations. An absolute legend of the game, Laurie Cunningham. Uh, book number two in Book Corner, TC, is Give Me the Ball by Jim, J, uh, John Brindley. When's it going to be released? Well, we've done it now. Yep. Uh, we've got a, um, a Zoom uh, meeting with uh, some guy in Nottingham on Wednesday. Uh, so next week we might have a bit of... Uh, News for you when it's going to be, uh, when it's going to be released. When you said that, give me the ball. I thought <laughs> I'm calling my book that. Give me the ball. <laughs> it's I only when you said John Brindley that I realised what you were do- what you were saying. I thought I'd throw a curve one in this week, TC, and it's yeah. going to be more Sheffield Wednesday heavy, isn't it, than than your previous uh, autobiography? Again, written by John Brindley. Yeah, it's good. It's, 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 more Sheffield Wednesday, and we've got uh, uh, a chapter with Ron Atkinson uh, writing in it. Um, it's going to be, other clubs are going to be in it, but it's about the love for Wednesday. What I, you know, what I, what I thought the, the downfall has started and, and everything. Um, but it's going to be an interesting read. I think it's going to be an interesting read. It's like anything else. Some some people like it, some people won't like it. You know, it's opinions. But uh, I think it's going to be a good book, and I. I think it'd be a good seller, this one. The other one's a good seller, but we just never promoted it. Absolutely. The guy guy who uh, we did it with uh, just put it in certain areas and made his money out of it and good night, Vienna. I mean, I could have sold a lot more on that, uh, on my book, uh, if I ought to have got more, because I, I tell you what, I could have sold loads of those books myself. Regrets of a Football Maverick TC, one of the best books I've ever written, and it is still available, guys, on Amazon. Please go and buy it, because it's up there with the Stan Bowles book, with the Alan Hudson book, with the George Best books, with Frank Worthington books. It really is a fantastic read, and you, like with all of those books I've mentioned, you fall in love with the character as well, because they 
they gave us something special. And I'm sure that with your next book, TC, you will be giving us something special as well. And the Book Corner recommendation by myfootballbooks.com this week is When Footballers Were Skint, A Journey in Search of the Soul of Football by John Henderson. Now, that pretty much nails every footballer before 1992 and the Premier League when football was a whole new ball game and players started to earn decent dollar. Yeah. Uh, I won't mind reading that one, that book. I'm going to, I'll probably get that one because that will be interesting. How, yeah. how times have changed to what it is like today. Absolutely. And in 1961, of course, it was Jimmy Hill, the, um, took that cap away from... Uh, first, a, a, yeah. First, the Fulham guy, what was it called? Absolutely, it's Johnny Ains, because there, there was a maximum wage in football and that maximum wage was lifted and Johnny became the first £100 a week footballer in 1961. He bought a brand new Jaguar with his money and smashed it the very next day. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm McDonald told me that outside his house, because Malcolm lived in Finlay Street by Craven Cottage, there was a bit of a melee going on out the, up the road, and he'd come out and he had a look, and it was Johnny Haynes in a car crash. <laughs> Unbelievable. No, he wasn't hurt, but the, uh, the I think the uh, the Jaguar was slightly. Uh, Kubelar, Laszlo Kubelar, credited has been the first player to curl a ball from a free kick. I was just watching a YouTube clip about Kubelar today. What a player. Still, to this day, one of the greatest players ever to play for Barcelona. And when you watch all the historic videos, he's up there in the top three of the Barcelona players of all time. And on this day, TC, the 9th of March, 1908, Inter Milan were born. Well, right. Yeah, Inter Milan. There was a team, it was AC Milan, a uh, football and cricket club. But what happened... Oh, back... You're going to tell me the cricket club broke away and formed into another football club. That's what you're going to tell me, eh? No, I'll tell you what happened. In Italy, that it was a bit bizarre, really, because... they you just interrupt? What yeah, of course you can. Said when you said that cricket... I've never known uh, it, 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 Italians. I'm, I'm a cricket team, but go on. Well, lots of the Italian teams were formed by immigrants and largely English immigrants. And yeah. AC Milan, uh, the, the, the football and the cricket team, were formed by uh, immigrants that, that have got um, from England, as others as well, as Italians. But what happened when they were forming their league? They had a federal league and they had um, an Italian league. And what happened? In the Italian league, you could only play with Italian footballers. Well, Milan had players from Switzerland and, and other countries as well, but they couldn't play. So the the founder fathers, some of them wasn't very happy with that. So they broke away. And on this day in 1908, they formed into Milan as brothers of the world, allowing their brothers from around the world to play for International. And that's why they broke away and formed Inter on this day in 1908, 113 years young today. So happy birthday, Inter Milan. Yeah, happy birthday, Inter Milan. And you learn something, you learn something every week on this programme. It's only by Gabby, though. <laughs> well, I, I learn things every day by talking to people and reading things and, and referencing. And I uh, had a chat with Audi uh, today, who, who was, again, educating me. And he educated me on a player that played in that great Italian side, Grande, La Grande Inter. And that was Luis Suarez. Because I thought Luis Suarez was a Uruguayan fella that played for Liverpool. Oh, yeah. But Luis Suarez played in the 60s for La Grande Inter. And he was a Spanish international. And Udi told me all about him. And then when Udi tells me things, I go and have a look. And then one thing leads on to another. And you end up educating yourself. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing about people what's older than you. You do learn from them yeah. if you want to listen to them. But, you know, and... 
what they will do, they will give you advice in life itself. Yeah. And they will, when they talk about players, they have seen them and, and like with the press or, or some books, they're over-exaggerated. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do, yeah. Not, yeah. All, older people, they'll say, oh, magic, he, what does he do? Drag back him or so-and-so and step over. I mean, Glenn Moda, God rest his soul, passed away. We were talking about it last week, that yeah. step over he used to do. Everybody knew about it, but yeah. couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. You know, and you know that's true because we saw it. So, you know, when you listen to Woody about great players and, and uh, what he's seen, you know he's going to talk uh, the truth of it, you know. But again, it's his opinion of it. And that's it's great to get to know all these good players, even though it's somebody else's opinion, because we all have different opinions. Absolutely. Uh, Time Vault this week, TC, in conjunction with footballmastersmagazine.com. William Ralph Dean, commonly known as Dixie. We did talk about his book uh, by John Keith last week on the podcast. So I thought I'd put Dixie in the Time Vault this week. 1923 to 25, he played for Tranmere Rovers, scoring, this is league goals only, 27 league goals in 30 games for Tranmere, which got him his move to Everton. (laughs) And Dixie scored 350 league goals in 400 games for Everton before moving to Notts County, where he scored three in nine. Sligo Rovers in 1939, uh, uh, sorry, 10 goals in seven, and played for Hurst. I'm not too sure who Hurst was, but in 1940, played for them twice and scored a goal. For England, he scored 18 goals in 16 games. And in the 1927-28 season, Dixie amassed 60 league goals, which is still a record to this day and will never be broken. So, so really, we can call him, him a natural goal scorer, can't we? Oh, just, just, <laughs> just slightly. <laughs> and while we're Walt, talk about records. That is some record, isn't it? Oh, it's it's just incredible. Dixie is one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. A true legend. And talking of legends, um, and Everton, you're due on the Blue Half podcast on the fifteenth of March, which is only uh, a week away. TC. So yes, good luck with that. that. And an Evertonian posted on your uh, official Terry Curran underscore 11 uh, Twitter page today a cameo appearance when Sheeds scored um, a twice, well, a, a free kick taken twice. Ipswich. Yeah. FA Cup. Against Paul Cooper. He put it in one side. The referee said he, he hadn't blown the whistle. And he put it in the other side when the referee blew, blew the whistle. So he scored, you know, the second one stood, but the first one didn't. But he put it in one side uh, when the referee cancelled it out, and then he put it in the other side when he, when referee gave it. And you make that cameo appearance because you did play in that game and you come up with your teammates to congratulate Sheeds. Reedy was by him, and Reedy said to him, um, what are we going to do with this? And Sheeds told Reedy to off and he told him what he was going to do with it and, and and incredible for a player to have done that with such precision as you say put it in the one bin and then stick it in the other bin just do you, incredible do you know how many free kicks we practice at Everton how many none really none mm. same at um, Forest you know put the best man on it yep. put the best man on it yeah or the, the man who's confidence you know and that's that's the difference, you know. You're practicing and practicing, and you can practice as much as you want. It may come off, right? But once it comes off, right? People are ready for that type of movement. Yeah. But when you're getting the shot at goal, right? You've got a chance of scoring a goal. That's yep. why if you can get a shot off with somebody what's a, a, a dead ball expert, then use it and do it. Well, Kenny and Burns. You're practicing and practicing and practicing, unless you're just practicing yourself. To improve the technique, Kenny Burns in that uh, on that DVD, well the the, the film by uh, Johnny Owen, I believe in Miracles, they were asking Kenny about free kicks at Forest and says, "What did you used to do?" Well, Brian just used to say with a direct free kick, just kick it, 
And they said, well, what did you say? What did he say for an indirect kick? Well, just pass it and kick it. <laughs> and you're right, it just is so simple. And the greatest managers have always made the game so simple. Stephen Gerrard's made a simple job of making Rangers champions. Congratulations, Stephen Gerrard. And well done to Rangers, the Jers, looking fantastic. I don't think they've lost the league game uh, this season and 55 league titles now. Well, I've not wrote about Rangers, and I've watched them every, well about ten times this year, and yeah. I've been impressed with them. Not that they, you know, they could come down here and, and, and compete with us because they, they really couldn't mm. because they don't have the, the, the standard of play to compete in the Premier League. They, they, they'd be organising things like that. But what Gerard's done there, they are playing some great football. Yeah. I, I spoke about it last week, and I've still not wrote about it. I mean. I'm disappointed because I'm a Catholic and obviously I want Celtic to win. Celtic are way behind Rangers and I, I, I congratulate Rangers because I, the football that they're playing is is brilliant. The two the two teams in Scotland should have been doing playing that kind of football years ago. And I mean years ago. Jock Steen did it. Yeah. You know, but even my mate Martin O'Neill, uh, teammate uh, Martin O'Neill, uh, did well up in Scotland, but it weren't great football. Mm. Whereas Gerard and Rangers have played some marvellous football. I told you, uh, Antwerp they're absolute uh, played absolutely sublime football uh, in the U- uh, UEFA. U- was it UEFA Cup, isn't it? Yeah, no. Europa League. It's called now no. in New Money. Yeah, um, and he's got them playing well. I'm very, very impressed. It's only a matter of time before. Is down in England, like Brendan Rodgers uh, is at Leicester. Um, whatever happens at Liverpool, I think Klopp will be back. I wrote a, a thing about Klopp. Uh, maybe this has affected more than anything that his mother, you know, yeah. can't get to Germany. He, he may have been really close to his parents. You know, I think I think this has affected him. I don't know because you're looking from the outside. Uh, but they've had a right drop-off. But there's one thing about... Uh, Klopp, he will bounce back, and Liverpool will bounce back. It won't be, it won't be 31 years again without winning, uh, without winning another league title. But um, they'll be back, and uh, it's like Manchester City. They, they all wrote Manchester City off again last year, didn't they? Yeah. After last season, look at them this year. They're going for quadruple again. So we just have to wait and see. Absolutely, CC. Class is permanent. You were a classy player. You did have the chance of playing for Scotland. Was it was it ever a consideration, or did you just throw it away that, that there's no way you were going to play for Scotland because you were English, although you had Scottish parents? I was asked. Uh, well, my mum's Welsh. Yeah, your dad's uh, Scottish, my, isn't it? My mum's from the Welsh side, but I mean, I was born in Scotland. Yeah. You know, uh, and no disrespect to, to Scotland because. I cheer Scotland on as much as the Scottish, unless uh, they play in England. Yeah. I was born in England and I wanted to play for England. My dad was disappointed, you know. But like I said to my dad, I mean, we used to wind my dad up when we played because my dad always used to shout for, for Scotland, you know. Yeah. Uh, and we wanted England to win because obviously, uh, two, two, one to wind my dad up and one wanted England to win anyway. Um, but no, I, I, I got asked. Uh, play for Scotland and I just said no I wasn't interested in it you know maybe it's a, a silly mistake because and, and they you should always play at the highest level yep. uh, which I didn't do because of my own silly uh, stubbornness um, and you can say that same thing about playing for Scotland you know because in, in those days there are some absolutely fabulous footballers and I mean fabulous footballers Anson, Sooners, Dalglish all them we're still around anyway. Absolutely. And you would have 100% played in the, um, well, certainly would have played in the 78 and the uh, 1982 World Cup finals as well. Rio Canola, Don Madden, yeah. Robo. All them, a good team, you know, yeah. Fantastic footballers. Which, yeah, which... But they didn't have a fantastic manager. No, absolutely. He went, but you know, he was only doing it because I think somebody got you're going away a bit, TC. What are you doing with the uh, the phone? Nothing. Can you hear me now? I can. Yeah, yeah. Right. I was saying that Fergie took over for a while because of some some illness or someone, didn't he? Yeah. Um, Fergie wouldn't pick Alan Anderson, which was you find strange because Fergie likes players that can play football. Mm. 
you know, it's weird. Weird sometimes. And Alan, Alan Hansen, Alan Hansen, yeah. one of the greatest uh, defenders, certainly. Well, when we say one of the greatest defenders uh, that this country's known, of course, he, he come from uh, Partick Thistle, didn't he, before he joined Liverpool? And he's yeah. Scottish, but, but he was world-class. Alan, Alan Hansen was a world-class defender. And Scotland had classy players. Scotland were were certainly equal or you could argue better than England in the 19 early 1980s um but you're right they didn't have the management to uh, to take them on having said that their management was arguably slightly better than the English managers because England had a wonderful group of players in the 70s and could have won the World Cup but Ramsey was coming to an end Revy took over as did then Ron Greenwood and all three didn't get tunes out of players and didn't pick our maverick players was Wales ever a consideration Beans as your mum was Welsh mm-hmm. well no I, uh, that, that never came out but Scott, obviously Scotland did yeah um but no, Wales never, never, never came about. But I like to see all the the British teams do well. Yes, I may. I really do, um, unless they're playing England, and I want England to win. Yeah, absolutely. You know, going back to Revy, who would have thought Revy would have been a failure with England? I know, incredible. Give, given what he'd done at Leeds United, I think he joined Leeds United in 1963, didn't he? Yeah. And that was there for what? 11? Second division. Yeah, I know. Incredible. Second division. Incredible what he'd done at Leeds. Turned Leeds into arguably the greatest uh, greatest team in the world. Oh, listen. They, I'm going to write about a, a, a thing tomorrow. The big, the big Premier League at the old first division. Yeah. They have a three-year cycle. Before you can, before you've really got to start to build again. Yeah. I mean, Fergie built four or five teams at Man United. Yeah. Guardiola's come in, his three years were up last year, and he's had to build again. Yeah. Right? Uh, Klopp has had a three year cycle, he'll have to build again. Three teams, what's, what's been able to produce consistent winning or winning something for a 10 year period? Well, Man United, Liverpool, and Leeds United. Yeah. And with the three teams, what went for that length of time of mm. 10 years, Liverpool, maybe a bit longer than that, uh, Man United with Fergie, right? And Dom Revy at Leeds. You know, when you when you look at it, people going about managers, what makes the really great managers like Fergie is to be, to be, uh, be, be produced constantly team because after after three years you have to rebuild again you have to start again mm. the problem is some managers and like that's what happened at Leeds they keep even the great players they keep them too long yeah you know you you know you can't fall in love with these players as a manager you've got to respect them and help them to get another club or give them a job uh, coaching at the football club but when you keep them for too long it will distract your thought of the game uh, of, of producing championships again, and so when I look, when I've been analysing all this, all the great teams usually have a three-year cycle, mm. where they'll either win it two or three years in that three year, or I mean, Fergie's won it. I think is it not well. He's not the only one because the Herbert Chapman did it with Arsenal and Huddersfield, you know. But Fergie has won it uh, three years running in the modern day football. Which hasn't been beaten, I don't think that has it. I'm not the sure. Premier League, yeah. the Premier League hasn't. For, I mean, Fergie was was an absolute legend, as was Herbert Chapman. Has had a number of football managers. But you're right, you've got to keep reinventing yourselves. But how do you do that? Because you you almost end up being a victim of your own success. Manchester United done that when they won the European Cup and then they got relegated uh, only six seasons after lifting the trophy, the first English team to win the European Cup. And Leeds United, those players were coming towards the end of the career. And, and Alan Clark said to me on the podcast that, that I did with, uh, with Sniffer, Brian Clough was the right man for Leeds United, but just at the wrong time. Time, yeah. I could never understand Cluffy taking it. I'm, I, I'm still not sure whether he meant everything what he said. Do you know what I mean by that? Oh, he didn't, no. But, I but, think, but, but he I admitted think he it after. Leeds United up and but, he said it that much when he went in there. He was still trying to put his authority onto the, onto the 
I mean, no manager can turn around and say, and, that, and that, look, there's nobody loves club more than I do. Mm. There's no manager can turn around and say, Leeds United weren't a great team. I mean, all this thing about Leeds United, but no, they stuck up for each other. Yeah, there were, a lot, of teams, there were yeah. a lot of teams. There were a lot of teams that were dirty. Chelsea were dirty. Ozzy could look after himself. Yeah. Chopper Harris and Eddie McCready, they could all look out. Oh, they all had them. Yeah. Tommy Smith at Liverpool. Mm. You know, uh, Brian, Le Brian Lebone at Everton. Um, there was, I I'm not trying to think off my head now, but I, I, if I sat down and, and thought about them, all these teams, Man United, Adam, Styles, and, and, and what have you, yeah. they all had these type of players in the team. Of course, did you need them? But Leeds United, because, look, I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Mm. Right, and we had him at Sheffield Wednesday, but that team at Leeds United were as good a team as I have seen in this country. I agree, and I'm not trying to say it because yeah. you know, I, and I'm not against Leeds United. Listen, Eddie Gray was as good a footballer as anybody I've seen. Yeah, best is best, right? But Eddie Gray was as good as anybody. Could have mm. played in any world team. Yeah, Brenda could have played in any world team. Giles could have played in any world team. The two full-backs, Rini and Cooper, could have played any in any world team. Jack won a World Cup. Norman Hunter probably could have played more more times for England, but they got the great Bobby Moore. Yeah. You know, Sniffer Clark. You know, they, they were a great team. And Mick they played some of the best football. Big Jones. Peter Lodimer. Giles and Bremner. Yeah. Well, I've mentioned them, but what I'm yeah. trying to say is they were a great team for 10 years. Yeah. They should have won more. And I told, I told you all last week what, I asked Jack, you know, why didn't you win? What, you know, because I'm saying that you never went for them a little bit. Uh, I, I, you never went for teams when you should have got them. Once you got them by the throat, you should have gone and strangled them. And they didn't do. And he's, he blamed Sprake. But I was, I'd never forget what Clough said to us about keeping the ball on the floor. And if you're going to win anything, you've got to have a world-class goalkeeper. I think Sprake was a decent keeper, but he weren't a world-class goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. So probably Jack was right in that sense. Absolutely. And uh, I'm just going to give a plug to a couple of um, podcasts. One that I've just done, a chapter of my, a chapter of my life with Richard Crooks, um, talking about his book, Grandad, What Was Football Like in the 70s? Big Sheffield Wednesday supporter. And you feature heavily in the book and you feature in the podcast as well, TC. And I'm starting up another one, Champions in Their Words. I'm going to have a chat with all of orders, many as I can, the Aston Villa players of 1980, the class of 1980, 81, and then went on and won the European Cup as well. So we're going to be doing that first part. Part one is with Dennis Mortimer um, this week. And for the life of me, whenever I say Dennis, the next, the surname that always follows that is Waterman. I don't know why, TC. So, well, I think he was when he played Terry McCann in mind. Uh, he's <laughs> left an indelible mark on, on my brain. <laughs> well, that was out at the same time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. We you had know, some Dennis great, Dennis, didn't we, series in the 70s. But I know what you're saying. A lot of people will turn around and say, Dennis Waterman, no. Mortimer. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, what a great team that. Yeah. Some great players in them. I mean, we, we talk about um, Jack Grealish, different type of player. Yeah. But Shaw was the golden pin-up boy of Villa in those days. Yeah. Tony Morley, another great player. Peter With, you know, Cowan's Gordon, Gordon Cowan, some fantastic football players. And he was a fantastic team. Oh, it certainly wasn't. Seven ever presents. They used 14 players and seven players played in every game of that championship winning team in 1980-81. So I'm looking forward to uh, speaking to Dennis and taking a trip down memory lane with the boys. And Tony Morley, his house burned down during the season, you know. Did it? He had to sleep in his car for a night, yeah. Incredible. Really? Yeah, I know, yeah. So I'm looking forward to... Uh, Good. Going on that point, what you've just said there yeah. about seven players. If you look at Liverpool for three years, they hardly chopped and changed. Absolutely, but yeah. Manchester City did the same up yeah. until last season, and he changed a lot. Yeah. You know, these teams under winning, once mm. they start chopping and changing, probably it does affect them. Yeah. You know, I mean, some teams have to chop and change if they're not winning. Mm. Right? But you've got to try and get the balance right. But it's it's weird that, what, what you just said there. It's, but it's not weird. But I remember it well. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, Game of My Life is another podcast that I've started. And um, I'm going to talk to Hoodie about the game that he played in on the 31st of March, 1975, which in Alan's words, 
was the game of his life when Stoke City beat Liverpool uh, 2-0. Tell Teloddy from me, I'm interrupting you now. Yeah, go on, mate. The game of his life, and he was he had more games of his life than bad games of his life. Yeah. The game of his life was for England against West Germany. Yeah, it was a good. Yeah, it was a good game. Udi will say it was, but but he will Udi will say because I've asked him the best game that he ever played was that game against Liverpool. I know, but I'm just, what I'm just saying to you, people say to me, "What was the best goal?" Everybody will say, "What did Sheffield Wednesday?" My goal, just like Udi's doing against uh, Stoke, my best goal was from Forest against Fulham. Yeah, right. What I'm saying, the best goal Udi ever played in. I'm saying to you, telling from me, the best game. I've ever seen him play. Well, I take that back because I've seen him play some great games. Yeah. But that should have been in England, international, with all these other great players for years and years and years. Because that night was a performance. They had a good a guy called Gunter Netzer, who was a genius for Germany. He didn't he, play that game. No, but they had a guy called Gunter Netzer. Yeah, but Netzer never played in that yeah, game. What, what I'm telling, no, I know. Yeah. What I'm trying to say, they had a guy called Gunter Netzer, right? And he was like Udi. Yeah, absolutely. Right? He refused. Udi uh, didn't refuse to play for England, but he had, they had a guy called Gunter Netzer, Germany, mm. who was like Udi type of player. And yeah. he refused to play for Germany. Did you know that? Yeah, he did. He, he went to he play for Real Madrid, didn't he? Had he? Had he had yeah. enough. Yeah. He had enough with, with a, with a uh, boring defensive football. Alan no, he didn't play in that game, but I was trying to get yeah. across. Yep. He was a similar type of player than Udi. Udi. How much sure that night after the game said England have finally found a world-class player like Gunter Netzer? And uh, it, it was Alan Hudson. Sadly, Don River didn't see it in the same uh, way and didn't pick him. Well, he picked him once more against Cyprus when Supermax scored the five goals. And that was Supermax's last England game at Wembley as well. I mean, fancy scoring five goals at Wembley, never playing at Wembley again for England. What was the uh, the week that was, TC? I mean, Sheffield Wednesday um, lost 2-1 against Rotherham midweek. And also then the weekend got beat 3-0. Uh, at Reading, uh, so Rotherham defeat, Reading defeat. Things aren't looking very good. Currently sitting one but bottom on 34, uh, 34 games, twenty eight points. But you were on the Wednesday week last week, and I watched it, and it was a thoroughly entertaining hour and three minutes. Thank you. Um, the thing about, I mean, you've got to once you give someone the job, you've got to give them. The benefit of doubt. The only one I'd never give benefit of doubt was Tony Pulis. Yeah. Um, but I've had a lot of people uh, send me private messages, Doncaster Rovers, uh, saying that they're glad that Moore's gone to Sheffield Wednesday, you know, now we can start to play football. But I said to him, is that because he's going to join Sheffield Wednesday, you know, they've left your club? Because you know what fans are like once you leave the club, go to someone else. Um, the only thing that disappointed me, um, and I, and I will get behind him, and I want I want him to do really well for for the club. Is the team has not been playing well? Yeah. The same players have been getting picked, mm. right? Which I can't un, I can't get my head around it. Why why have they picked this? Why is it coming? To, I, I if I'd have gone in there, I'd have gone in and said I'm not going to listen to anybody. I would not have listened to anybody. I'd have put a practice match on on the Monday or whatever day I went in. I would have played. Uh, the 11, what's been starting against the other 11, and I had a good 10, 15, 20 minutes look at that. Yeah. And that's all I would have needed to say, right, blah, 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 blah. And then, once the game's in it, then I'll listen to people, what, you know, what input they've got, what what we could do, what we couldn't do. But I would have, I would have changed that team, and he didn't do. And he practically played the same team for two games. Yeah, I know. It's incredible, you know, isn't it? You know, and we get beat by Rotherham, it's bad enough being an arch rival, yeah. right? But it's it's even worse when they're in the same position as us, fighting for points. You know, because that's what you can call six pointers. Yeah. So no, it's. I'm hoping he's going to do well for us, but I think we're doomed. I really do. And the worrying thing for um, for Sheffield Wednesday is they just 
don't look like winning a game of football. And this weekend, of course, uh, Norwich City come to Hillsborough, which is going to be another uh, tall ask. Because if we're looking at the EFL update, which we always do on uh, the podcast, current view with the Isle of Hillsborough and Mr Terry Curran, Norwich currently 35 games, 76 points. Watford in second, uh, 35-66. Swansea uh, away tonight against Blackburn, 33.65. So they could go second uh, with a win or even a draw tonight. Brentford, 34-63. Reading, 35-60. Barnsley, and we've been talking about Barnsley for some time now. Can they get in the playoffs? 34-57. Bournemouth, 35-56. And Cardiff, a rejuvenated Cardiff. Um, with uh, one of your former sparring partners or, or a defender that tried to take your head off TC when he was marking you, and Mick McCarthy. Mick McCarthy, he's, yeah. done, he's, he's doing a good job there. At, uh, he certainly one is. Thing, one thing about Mick, you know, you're never going to be uh, in serious problems. Yeah. And he's always capable of getting your, you know, uh, promotion out of that, out of that league. Mm. But going back to Darren Moore, I mean, for me, when I look, when I've looked at this, because I didn't think they were going to appoint another manager uh, until end of the season. Yeah. And I think what he, I think what the owners done is appointed Darren Moore uh, ready for next year because yeah. he, he's got the knowledge of that. It's not to do with knowledge, you know, do, do with experience. You can have all, you can have all the badges in the world. Yep. You know, you have to do it when you're at that football club, and that doesn't make any difference whether you've got all the badges or all the knowledge in the world Capello come to England he won every mortal thing looked a bad manager yeah. he looked a really bad manager yeah. you, everybody's questioned him thinking what's he doing there? what's he picked that what's he done that for Svengo and Ericsson all the experience in the world look bad managers yeah. I mean we're all going mad about Beckham scoring a goal against Greece we're talking about Greece yeah we should be relying on a David Beckham free kick even though the free kick was absolutely a worldy of a free kick, even though it was a it, it was an important goal, you know, if if we draw with Greece, oh no, oh back in school that free kick, we don't go to that. We did a World Cup, yeah, or European. Yeah, it was it was, a, it was a World Cup qualifier, wasn't it? And um, Beckham scored <laughs> that goal that took go. us to the World Cup. It was incredible. You know, so what I'm trying to say, to you, yeah, you know, stop this experience, you know. The best managers win trophies. Yep. Right? Warnock, I'm not a Warnock fan neither, but he's done done well at that level of football. Yeah. Whatever he's gone, he's always taken teams up. Right? Good. And that's what you want. But you know, once you get to the top, you've got to be able to play football. Absolutely. And that's why he's always had relegations afterwards. Yeah. You know. So for me, it's, it's getting the manager in giving the right philosophy for the players and the club. And that'll tell you whether they're very good or are going to be no good at all. Absolutely. So, so. For me, more, I think they've got, what they've done with more, they've appointed more ready for next season. I agree. I Tom said exactly the same we were talking about. And he says that he's, he's brought in for next season. They're going down and he should do well next season in that division. Um, Dortmund versus Seville, 3-2 up at the moment, uh, second leg. Uh, tonight's almost ready to kick off. And Juventus uh, 2-1 down against Porto, also on tonight's. I'm looking forward to tonight's football action. Who do you fancy? Who do you fancy? I like Dortmund. I like Julian Brandt, and I'm hoping that he's going to be starting. I'm guessing he's not, because it don't look as though this current Dortmund manager fancies him. I don't know why, because I think the guy's a magician. And um, if I was a top team in this country, I'd be looking at bringing Julian Brandt over, because I think I think he's, he's just a magnificent footballer. What about the Porto and Juventus game? I think it's going to be um, a difficult one for Juventus. I, again, I listen to me. You all, you yeah. all listen to me. I fancy Porto tonight. To yeah, it wouldn't surprise Juventus. me. Wouldn't surprise me at all. 2-1 up, they've got that goal advantage. They go and score a goal early doors. It's it's almost game over, isn't it, for Juve? And they yeah. are struggling in the league uh, this year as well in Italy. So all things aren't good in Turin. But 
the vacuum TC is sounding good. It's firing up as we speak. So it can only be the football forecast. We drew last week 3-3. You still are 7-5 ahead. So you pick the music this week, TC. And I know you had one last week. So you can use that one if you want. Or another one. First game up is Friday night. Newcastle versus Aston Villa. How do you see that one? Um... Villa play do. Newcastle versus Aston Villa, St James's Park, Friday night, live on the TV. I'm going to go for a Newcastle one deal. Really? Okay. Yeah, I am. I think they're going to get out of this. Now he's changing way of playing football. He's got a few players missing. I mean, Almiron's missing. Um, uh, the uh, the other lad, St Maximum, he's missing. Uh, was it Callum uh, Wilson? He's missing. Bruce is already looking for uh, excuses. I think Villa are going to go there. I don't think Jack's going to be fit again, sadly. But uh, I like this kid, Bertrand Traore. He danced around uh, Sheffield United's defence uh, last Wednesday. And I player. was hoping Our he was going to score. Because that would have been goal of the season, wouldn't it? Not as many men as George Best, but it was similar, didn't it? It was very similar. I'm saying to Tom, look at him. And I love the way he takes the ball. And it, yes, he does. He is a bit frustrating, but what, oh, what a player. I said to Tom, he is magnificent, that kid. And I think he would just get better and better and better. So with Bertrand Traore and Villa with a solid defence, they're looking decent. I can see them going away to Newcastle and winning... 2-0, so I think Emmy Martinez, the Argentinian goalkeeper, is looking different class as well. I'm not convinced that Jack will start. Uh, I hope that he does. I'm a massive fan, as you know, of Jack Grealish. Um, but I, I don't know, I think the injury was slightly worse than Villa were letting on. And it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't start, but I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that he does. Everton versus Burnley TC starting on the Saturday. How do you see your former club, the Toffee Men, going against horrible Burnley? I don't like watching Burnley, if I'm honest. 3-0, 3-0, Everton. They're an horrible team. Don't they score some goals on free kicks and corners, as do West Ham United? Someone just got 1-0 up. Oh, OK, you're watching that game? I am at the moment in time. I might... Oh, Julian Brandt starting, so I'm definitely going to be watching Borussia Dortmund. I'm going... Well, I'm going to watch Bayern Munich. That's what I'm definitely going to, not Bayern Munich. Um, Porto, Juventus. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go 1-1 draw, because I think Burnley are absolutely horrible, and they're bound to get a goal from a free kick or a corner. And if they go a goal behind, they're just going to launch the ball. They pick the scraps up from the, the uh, either Wood or... Um, Rodriguez and uh, tend to get something from a game that you wouldn't expect them to. So I'm going 1 1 there. Derby versus Millwall. How do you see this one, TC? Well, Millwall's picked up a little bit, but I'm going to mm. go for a Derby 2 0 win. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go 1 1 again in that game. Forest versus Reading. How do you see this one finishing? Um, 1-1 Right I'm going to go a 2-1 Reading win QPR versus another of your former clubs Huddersfield Town This is a, a, a basement battle isn't it? Where's it at? QPR QPR, yeah, Loftus Road I don't like saying it but I'm going to go for a 2-1 I'm not going to let me outrule me I'm going to say a 2-1 um, QPR but I hope Huddersfield win. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two nil to QPR. I think with um, Charlie Austin, they they do look a, a different outfit. And I watched Huddersfield briefly against Birmingham, and I, I thought, oh God, I can't watch any more of this. Both teams are awful. Saints versus Brighton, the, uh, the seaside battle here on the uh, on the south coast. How do you see this one going? Well, I I, I do feel sorry for Brighton. Because they play great, great football. Great football. Yeah. You just haven't got a goal scorer. Um, I'm going to go for a, a 1-0 Southampton. 1-0 Saints. And that wasn't Shay Adams' goal. Superb against Sheffield oh, United. Uh, not half. 
I'm going to go 1-1. I love the way Brighton play, and I hope that they pick up enough points to stay up, because I want to see teams that play football in the Premier League. I think think Fulham will get out of it, and I think it's between Burnley and Brighton. Yeah, I think um, Newcastle, I think, are still in uh, choppy waters. I think they've got better players than them. And finally, uh, the love of your life, Sheffield Wednesday TC against Norwich. 3-0 3-0 Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> 1-0 Sheffield Wednesday. 1-0 Sheffield Wednesday. Right, they won't be able to get the ball off us. <laughs> I'm, the other way around. But 1-0 Sheffield I'm going 2-0 Norwich. Uh, I hope Sheffield Wednesday do win for you, TC. By God, do they need a win. TC, what record are you going to play out for us this week? And thank you. Love to you and yours. And thanks, everybody, for listening. What's your play out tune, TC? I'm going to play out with a record. Well, I used to play a lot. I do like it a lot, this, this record. I mean, I'm not saying it's one of my best records, but I always, when I take somebody up, I always, I always play this one because I, I was, he's my second idol was John Lennon. I'm going to play out. It's uh, the ballad of... Uh, John and Yoko by the Beatles. Superb, TC. Brilliant. Thanks, everyone. Love to you and your missus, Gabby. And let's hope that with Birmingham and Sheffield Wednesday get results this weekend. Let's hope with those singing the blues, TC. Tell out of it. See you Cheers, pal. Bye-bye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.